The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcast are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing swell. Do we have a fun guest today? We do. We do indeed. We have uh, one of our fraternity brothers here. Yes. Um, his, his name is Lynn Chipperfield. He is currently serving as the general counsel for Lambda Chi Alpha Fraternity. Um, there's a lot of other fun facts that yes. uh, we know about Lynn, but we are going to jump into some questions. Yeah. Um, and then eventually we'll get to the meat potatoes, which is general assembly. Yes. Um, so are you ready to jump into it? I think we should. Let's do it. All right. So, Lynn, since you're here in the studio, which is super exciting because you live in St. Louis, yep. give us the 10-second the elevator pitch. Who are you? I'm the general counsel. Was that 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> I think just about, just about. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean, though? What is the general counsel? Yeah. It, well, it's a lawyer. Um, it's the, the main legal, um, uh, legal advisor to the fraternity. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime anything legal comes up, the, I, I get a phone call or an email <laughs> and, um, you know, life doesn't get any more complicated than that. Right. Uh, right. Exactly. So I, I know you're a lawyer by trade. So talk to me a little bit about, um, obviously you went to law school. What was your career out of law school? I uh, graduated from Washington University Law School in St. Louis in 1977. It sounds like a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> feels like a long time ago. Um, I joined a, a very small firm when I first got out of school. I was uh, basically a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer, but mm -hmm. it wasn't just that. I did virtually everything you can imagine, divorce and wills and bankruptcies and things like that for Gosh. about three years. Um, and that taught me sort of how to deal with, you know, humans, clients yeah. right? and, you know, how to, how to work with them with their problems, manage their expectations and right. that sort of thing. Um, then I uh, joined a different firm where I was on the other side. I represented insurance companies in uh, litigation, and and that gave me sort of a, a sense of what the business side of things was, mm -hmm. how, to, how to work with them. And then after about six years of that, that was fun, but I decided I wanted to get serious, and so I joined a company. I went in-house uh, with, with a company in St. Louis, a publicly traded company, and I was one of nine attorneys on their legal staff. Wow. Kind of a big-ish big type company. <laughs> Um, and that was kind of like it, the same sort of thing. Only now I only had one client and that was the company. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was an employee. I was a paid uh, staffer at the, uh, at the company, um, worked on it, kept my nose clean, stayed out of trouble, <laughs> uh, climbed my way up and, uh, to general counsel and then, uh, corporate secretary, senior vice president, chief administrative officer, you know, the usual corporate type thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, after 25 years, uh, with the company, I decided, well, that was a lot of fun. I think I want to go play. So I, re <laughs> I retired back about, uh, gosh, it's been about 13 years ago now. Yeah. You retired, but you still keep yourself pretty busy, it seems like. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. My, my wife would disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> with that. We'll, we'll put retirement in air quotes. How yeah. about that? <laughs> Huge air quotes. Yes. Yeah. No, I stay busy with it. We do a lot of things. Actually, I'm not sure how this is going to sound, but we, we, have always done my wife and I a lot of volunteer and, and nonprofit stuff and 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 work was kind of getting in the way you mm -hmm. know I, I didn't have enough time to do some of the other things that I wanted right. to do so we've been able to you know we I, I serve on several boards of educational um, institutions a, a high school in um, 
in St. Louis. I serve on the Drury University Board of Trustees for the last 20 years, uh, including four years as chair, and that was a lot of fun. Boy, I'd never, never be chairman of a board of trustees. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but yeah, we stay stay busy doing a lot. Yeah, um, and we still have fun. You know, we we travel. We've been all over the world. I've got a, I've got my private pilot's license. I've got an advanced wow. scuba certification, and then my idea of a vacation is to go to England and walk a hundred mile path <laughs> over seven days. And oh my gosh! Stay in bed and breakfast and eat yeah. in pubs. And that sounds really nice. That's actually, how, yeah. can we come with you on <laughs> right? this next trip? I, absolutely. No, you can't. Actually, uh, I love to do these things alone. There's nothing like sort of an unstructured walk through the English countryside oh, yeah. to blow out the jets, you know, and mm-hmm. wow. clear your mind. So, Absolutely. No, we stay real busy. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah. So you mentioned Drury. I, I said in our intro that you're also a member of Lambda Chi Alpha. Talk to me a little bit about your Lambda Chi experience. Um, when did you join? I have a few, a few little anecdotes and, and things <laughs> that me and you have talked about even today. So tell me a little bit about your college experience. Yeah, I was, uh, in a, you know, I was a pledge. I was not an associate member. I mm-hmm. was initiated in 1970. Um, and during the, the second semester of my freshman year, our, our then Grand High Beta, the vice president, didn't make his grades. So when I started my sophomore year, mm-hmm. the member of the Grand High Zeta came, or the High Zeta, I'm sorry, I'm a national guy, <laughs> uh, member of the High Zeta came to me and asked me if I would fill out the balance of his unexpired term. So I became high beta uh, for a semester my sophomore year and then high kappa for a year and then high alpha uh, for a year. And um, that was great. It was a great experience. Yeah. So it sounds like you you held a lot of, you know, the offices Mm -hmm. that are going to be at this General Assembly and instead um, and benefiting from these conferences this Mm -hmm. summer. Definitely. So your, your Lambda Chi experience in, in is more than just holding offices, right? Right. Um, yeah. Even today, me and you were talking about a photo that you happened to find going through some of our archives of, of your chapter brothers helping uh, start a new group at Missouri State, which I think at that time it was... Southwest Missouri State. Southwest Missouri State. Yeah, S- mm-hmm. SMS. I still call it SMS. I, I know I'm supposed to call it MSU, but I, it's, <laughs> it's very hard. To yeah. Do. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were a startup... Um, Back then, I was um, I graduated in '73, so this would have been about 1971, and we were asked to install that chapter. Uh, so I was on the ritual team that um, that did that. And yeah, going through some archives today, I found a picture of our ritual team, which was uh, mm. brought, brought back a, a lot of memories. Yeah, and just looking at the photo, it's really cool because just looking at some of the styles back then oh, and, and some sure. of the hairdos, like <laughs> it was so interesting to see some of those. And you also said it's still a group that you talk to. Yeah, I, we still get together. I mean, that, there's a, a group of us from the from my pledge class and the one before and the one after, and we get together every year. Uh, there's That's about fantastic. Oh, there's about 18 or 20 of us or so. And we do, we go on what we call the float trip. And, you know, sometimes we float, sometimes we don't. Floating, <laughs> floating has become optional. Uh, but we've been doing it this year will be our 48th annual wow. float trip. That is so cool. And these are, you know, lifetime friendships. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think that's a testament to, you know, the lifelong journey of, of Lambda Chi and, you know, Greek organizations in general, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, with their, uh, you know, we've been with everybody through everything. They're, yeah. Absolutely. Graduate school, marriages, divorce, bankruptcies, drug and alcohol rehab, you name it. Um, I mean, we've, this is a slice of life. Yep. uh, You've seen it all. Yeah, we sure have. (laughs) I just just find it so interesting that like 
I, I have people uh, and friends from Lame to Kai Alpha that I feel like are going to be my lifelong friends, mm-hmm. but just seeing that in action and, and right. over, over the, the test of time is, is, is still forms those bonds and friendships that I think without Lame to Kai, you would have never had. And so, oh, no, it's that's inspiring. That, there are, there are so few opportunities for most people to have those kinds of lifelong, you know, people sure. belong to bowling clubs and rotary mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But right. I mean, there's nothing like the sort of lifetime relationships that you can develop in a fraternity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about kind of the undergrad of, um, you know, your Lambda Chi experience. So why don't you tell us about your involvement with the fraternity, you know, as a volunteer? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always been involved at the general fraternity level. I've mm-hmm. never been a chapter advisor. I have just absolute respect for it. And mm-hmm. I'm in awe of the guys who deal with it on a day-to-day basis oh, absolutely. at the chapter level. I mean, they just do an amazing, amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really, for after I graduated, you know, I took the usual 15, 20 years off to do the whole family and career <laughs> thing right? Um, and got that sort of straightened out. But then in the mid-90s or so, I can't remember exactly how it happened. I think I got just an unsolicited, broad thing to all the alums saying, mm-hmm. if you'd like to be engaged with the fraternity, there are opportunities. And I decided, you know, the kids were teenagers. They didn't want me around anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so they're like, well, yeah, all the, right. I got the time. So, uh, so I sent it in and I wound up on the committee that drafted what is now called the ceremony for alumni and graduating seniors. And I met a bunch of people doing that. And then in 02, this was in, in about 2000. In mm-hmm. 02, I was elected to the Grand High Zeta. Spent eight years as a Grand, yeah. Grand High Pi. Uh, during that period of time, I chaired a, our um, Call the Lead campaign, which was the first national fundraiser for the fraternity. We raised about $6.5 million, which wow. was really good. And one of the largest, I think, in, in fraternal history, really. Yeah. It, it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was a tremendously successful uh, campaign, uh, primarily because of the alumni brothers who just stepped to the plate. Mm-hmm. It was one of the easiest things in the world, actually. You just call them and say, we need some money, and they'd say, how much? I mean, it was, that's yeah. an amazing thing about the fraternity. Um, I've also, I've been on the Committee on Constitution for about 15 years, mm-hmm. and Committee on Emblems and Ritual, and now I've been the general counsel since, what, 2014? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, time, absolutely. Time gets away from me. <laughs> it, I, it sure does. Yeah, and I would have to say, too, Lynn definitely exemplifies what it means to be a Liam Kai and, and giving yes. back to the organization, because a lot of the roles that he's talked about, and, and we haven't even tapped into a few of them, he, yeah. he's given so much time and so much effort into a lot of the things that he has done and, and honestly, I, I think has helped transition the history of Liam Kai. even if we're just talking about the Committee on Constitution, the edits and changes and updates to our For laws sure. and and everything like that to improve the organization as a whole. I, I, I give you so much credit for because you and a group of people have sat down and really worked to make this undergraduate driven fraternity so um well built and so well rounded to to give everyone an experience that they would wouldn't have without it. Absolutely, well, thank you. You make me blush, but you can keep, <laughs> you can keep going. <laughs> Please, Mike, some more. Yeah. Well, I, I do actually have a story. So, uh, oh no, when I when I was an undergraduate, I've I've never met anyone from the the international headquarters at the time, now sure. Office of Administration, never have. So um, I was an undergraduate, started in Lambda Chi in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is 2012. Um, okay. me and, and two chapter brothers, um, were heading out to general assembly in Arizona, staying at the, the Arizona Biltmore. And so we're walking through, uh, Lambert St. Louis international airport. Um, and we're all sitting at this terminal and, and I see 
somebody that had a Lambda Kai shirt on. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, yeah. I'll go introduce myself. Um, it happened to be Lynn Shipperfield. <laughs> and so that was the first person that I ever met from the Office of Administration oh, of wow. Lambda Chi Alpha, um, former board of director, uh, mm-hmm. which is our Grand High Zeta. Um, so it was a really cool experience. And, and then getting to the conference and seeing how much involvement Lynn actually had in everything that You're was like, happening. Oh, this guy's kind of a big deal. Right? Like I was like, Oh, I just, I thought he was a, a chapter brother <laughs> from, from jury. I didn't, I didn't realize the, the breadth of everything yes. he did. So, um, Lynn was the very first person that I got to meet from Lambda Chi Alpha at, a, at an international level. That's oh, pretty that's, cool. No, that's great. Yeah, there are times at a general assembly when I think the members are going to get tired of hearing my voice. I, <laughs> it, it seems that I've always got something that I'm assigned to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. no, but that's a lot of fun, too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, as general counsel, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but what exactly, you know, does that role mean? Like, do you represent the chapters or the members? Right. You know, what are the specifics of that role? Just so, you know, our listeners and and members can understand. Yeah. And you also mentioned litigation, right? Like, do you participate in that anymore or is it more of a um, a role of advisement? I guess. Yeah, it's an oversight uh, sort of a role. Uh, People would probably think if if you're general counsel of a fraternity, you probably spend a lot of time worrying about incidents and Mm -hmm. and things that happen at the chapters. Right. And I don't. I, we've got a, a very talented harm reduction staff yes. um, uh, here at the Office of Administration. We've got an insurance broker that has investigators. We, they hire outside counsel. So I don't try lawsuits or anything like right. that. Now, I do get involved um, when there are lawsuits that might threaten in some way the general fraternity. Sure. Uh, because that, that does happen. And I'll consult with outside counsel. I'll consult with our insurance carriers. But, you know, it, it, the, the fraternity is a, is a company just like any other. It's got right. contracts, you know, some long-term like leases and equipment things and some short-term like uh, uh, event facilities and things and negotiating with hotels. So there's some contracts. There are employees. The mm-hmm. Office of Administration has employees. So you've, you've got those sorts of issues. But, and then I also work with the, the chapters and the, um, the alums um, and the house corporations. Mm-hmm. I don't represent the chapters. I always try to make that clear. You know, right. I, I, I like to have one client. I don't want to have 180. Right. But, <laughs> That'd be uh, a lot. <laughs> but I answer the phone. You know, yeah. when it when it rings, if I get an email or a text message or something, I'll help in any way that I can. Sure. Uh, I, I get to talk to a lot of the officers at the local level and the alums and the house corporation folks. Mm-hmm. So it's very, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Every day is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of interesting, um, what would you say has been the most interesting part, you know, of this role that you've seen? Well, you know, Mike kind of mentioned it as, as he was talking, I was thinking about that. We had a, uh, over the course of about three general assemblies, and this isn't necessarily the general counsel thing. This is, this was more as a volunteer. Sure. Uh, but in, from 2010 to 2014, the committee on constitution basically restated our entire constitution and statutory mm-hmm. code. We tore it apart one article at a time. Keep in mind that this is a document that was originally written back in 1920, and it's been amended basically every two years right. since, almost always by people who never, never involved with previous amendments. Mm-hmm. So this thing became like a Christmas tree. It had ornaments <laughs> hanging all over it. It was a just a hot mess. And, um, 
So we, we restated all these articles, and over the course of three general assemblies we did that, we managed to take about 6,500 words out of the Constitution wow. um, and reduced it by about 20%. And I think it's become a much more usable, more user-friendly sort of document. So, sure. And, and I know that sounds geeky to say, wow, we, we, <laughs> we, we rewrote the Constitution. Oh, boy, that'll keep you up nice. Uh, but it was fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it was fun. And I, that, yeah, that was very gratifying. I mean, you're kind of shaping history for the mm-hmm. next generation of Lambda Chi. So I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. And, and working with the guys on the Constitu- Committee on Constitution. Oh, for sure. It's, it's a group of lawyers. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's a group of volunteers. <laughs> yes. And so everybody, you know, they understood the document. And right. 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 Good. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, with, with the Constitution, that's nice is I believe from my own perspective, you've actually made it um, readable by the average user, right? Because we're, we're targeting men who, who are in the age range of 18 to 22, mm-hmm. who have probably never read a contract actually or seen legal verbiage. And, and so um, I think you, you guys have made the constitution to where it's, it's legible to somebody who doesn't know the jargon that could, could fall into to the legalities or rules or guidelines of an organization. So I, I think we've I don't want to use the word dumbed it down, but we, we made it more digestible by our membership. Right. Yeah, that's one, one of the things that lawyers find the most difficult thing to do is how not to talk like a lawyer. Right. Um, and it, and dumbing it down, I guess, is, is one way to put it. But using using real language that people use every day and that mm-hmm. they understand. And sometimes that takes a lot of work. Right. Uh, to, because you default to the usual sort of whereas, therefore sort of stuff mm-hmm. that, you, that lawyers deal with. And I'm, uh, I should probably mention our son Andrew is a, is also a Lambda Chi. He was uh, initiated at Denver University, and there are times when I, I'm doing something when I find myself thinking, "Okay, what would Andrew think?" About right. This? It, it, if, if when he was an undergrad. Sure. Um, and it helps sometimes to sort of put everything in perspective. Right. So, how cool was of an experience was it to have your your son join Lambda Chi? It's a really cool connection oh, to make. Yeah, it was great. I've got a son who's also a brother. I mean, and and. You know, we don't spend a lot of time. We don't sit around talking about the fraternity all the time. <laughs> but it was—it's just that sort of experience that we both share yeah. uh, that creates that additional bond. And and you know, I love my daughter too. I mean, she's <laughs> and Amanda. In case you're listening, Dad loves you too. Uh, don't feel left out. But, uh, but no, it, there's there is this special sort of yeah. Thing. Special bond, yeah. yeah. So, did he ever get the chance to go to a general assembly? He did actually. He was at the O2 general assembly okay. when I was elected to the Grand Hyseta. Oh, how cool! Uh, yeah, it was in Denver. Okay, uh, and he and he wasn't in school yet, but he was ready to get started. Oh, okay, uh, so he came out. We spent a little bit of time at gotcha. the university and, and that sort of thing. And he's been to a leadership seminar as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. So let's transition to talk a little bit about general assembly. We've alluded to it, but let's get into the yes. meat and potatoes. Um, and yeah. before we do that, like, I guess what I want to talk about in general yeah. assembly is your service to the board um, served eight years on our, our Grand High Zeta, yeah. correct? Yeah. And, and so for those of you who don't know, the Grand High Zeta is our board of directors. They're volunteers who, yeah. who serve, help the strategic mission of the fraternity and, and really set the path forward. Right. And, and did I give it an apt description? Yeah, actually, the, the Grand High Zeta is just like any other board of directors mm-hmm. of, a, of a company, and it has general oversight responsibilities. The main problem that most boards have, and this is most volunteer boards, um, is that they, they, they're volunteers, so they like to get in the weeds. They, mm-hmm. they like to get down and dirty into the managerial and operational aspects. And it's, 
it's a constant battle to 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 bring it up right uh, to, to get that strategic sort of view and our current uh, grand high alpha jeff sturman is really really good about that about trying to keep the board mm-hmm. focused uh, strategically but at the same time you've got oversight responsibilities uh, mm-hmm. you know making sure the fraternity is operating on a day-to-day basis but right. I, it's a, it was a great experience being on the board and i've been able since then to deal with all of our boards yeah uh, since i was on um and it's it's uh, no it's a great experience it was a real honor to serve so you joined the board at a very interesting time in Lambda Chi's history. Uh, yeah, interesting is a good word. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so it was really funny. Lynn was actually here a few weeks ago for a board meeting, um, and he got to see some of the, the members who he joined the board with, um, yeah. which was really cool just to hear some of the conversations and, and yeah. how long those friendships have lasted. But give us a little, fee, or a little more information on, on the Grand High Zeta when you joined and the state of the fraternity at the time, because O2 was a very tough year for us. It was. Uh, yeah, the fraternity was facing some financial issues back then, some membership uh, issues. And it was, um, there, there were some very, very difficult decisions that had to be made. Mm-hmm. And we were fortunate at that time. You mentioned some of these folks that, uh, that I served with, Terry Means, uh, Ted Grossnickel, Ralph Wilhelm, Phil Parker. We all basically joined the board at the same time. And one look at it and decided, boy, this, <laughs> I still remember my first board meeting in October of 02 thinking, yeah. what have I gotten myself? Right. <laughs> Did I make the right decision? Oh <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um, but we were able, and, and I don't want to take full credit for it. I mean, the board and uh, worked hard and, and management worked really hard back then to, to get everything uh, righted. And, um, then ultimately, uh, we hired Bill Farkas mm-hmm. as the as the new CEO, and Bill was the right guy at the time right. uh, for that job. And um, so, right now, when you compare the state of the fraternity right now to what it was back then, I mean, it's it's in very very good shape. Yeah, yeah. Like I said before, a change agent. You you, you and a gr- the group that you have surrounded yourself with has really set Liam Nakai up up for success. I I just don't believe we would be in existence today without a group like like that you were a part of to get us to this point. Yeah, and I, I want to emphasize a part of that. Please, you know, give me a lot of credit if you'd like. I mean, it's <laughs> great that you're saying all these nice things about me, but th- there was there are so many people who mm-hmm. have been involved in, in making all those changes uh, throughout the years. And that's, you know, this is what the fraternity is. It's about growth, and growth means change. And, right. And uh, as much as I'm um, embedded in the history of the fraternity and its traditions and rituals and that sort of thing, you got to change. Yep. Yeah, and so absolutely. That's, that's what the board has been all about. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, talking about General Assembly um, and getting into that, why don't we just start with, you know, what is General Assembly and why do we have um, a General Assembly? Yeah, I, I sometimes refer to it as the, the the meeting of the tribes. I mean, this is this is when everybody comes together. Yes. Um, keep in mind, I'm going to sound like a lawyer here. That our laws uh, say that the General Assembly is the supreme executive, legislative, and judicial body of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. Now, it also says when the General Assembly is in session, which is only three days out of every two years. Right. So, the the grand high zeta is the supreme body during the interim between general assemblies for, right for the other whatever it is 727 days <laughs> um 
But the General Assembly gathers uh, twice every, every other year, mm-hmm. uh, and it's an opportunity to review our laws. Yeah. Uh, legislation is proposed in advance of the General Assembly. Mm-hmm. It's vetted through the committees, the legislative committees of the General Assembly, and they, they amend the laws. But the other important duty is to elect members of the Grand Isaida. Right. Uh, they elect the board. And we generally have four seats each General Assembly. These members serve a four-year term, and it's a staggered board, which means you elect four every other year. And they elect the Grand High Alpha in, uh, in alternating General Assemblies. So right. He'll serve a four-year term. Um, and then there's other programming uh, that goes along with it. And this year is going to be a little different because the General Assembly is going to be virtual. Yes. Uh, we've been able to dispose of a lot of the legislation up front through mm-hmm. referenda. Uh, in advance. And so it's going to, there's going to be a lot of additional programming to bring all of our members and alums up to speed yeah. on what's going on. All Because a lot of things have changed and, and uh, people, I think people would like to know, you know, what's going on. What right. Are- yeah. And I guess you, you kind of touched on something I wanted to comment, but I believe this, this pandemic has really taught us a lot about a way to host a general assembly moving forward to where we're spending less time working out the details of a bill and more time actually on the floor debating that and voting on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and we miss the opportunity sometimes to appreciate how important it is for us to all get together. Sure. Uh, one, one of the things that I've talked to so many undergrads about over the years is that when they come to a general assembly or a leadership seminar, it strikes them how big we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, uh, your heart is always in your initiating chapter. I know mine is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, right. I'm a Drury guy. <laughs> uh, but when you come to a general assembly, you realize you've got brothers all over North America. Absolutely. And, and uh, it, you get the feeling of that. And, and if you get too bogged down in the legislation side of it, you, you tend to miss that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, we've learned a lot um, in, the, in the virtual environment about things that we can do better. Uh, mm-hmm. to get things out of the way in advance, to have our committee meetings remotely mm-hmm. in advance and and free up a lot of time. And I think this is going to be, we've learned lessons that will carry forward into, yeah. in, into the in-person General Assemblies. Definitely. And, and one of the things that I, I think we should address, and I, I think a lot of our members might not know, is the composition of the General Assembly. Yes. Um, we, we say that we are an undergraduate-driven fraternity, but what does that really mean? And I, and I, would like to think that we're probably one of few that actually are still an undergraduate-driven fraternity. So mm-hmm. give us a little more detail on that. Yeah, there's a provision in our laws. It, well, first of all, let me let me step back. Every chapter has um, the obligation, I was going to say the right, but it's an obligation to send an official delegate to yeah. the General Assembly. Every, every chapter has to be uh, represented. And then there are certain of our members that have an automatic right to vote at the General Assembly, whether mm-hmm. they're an official delegate or not. The members of the Student Advisory Committee mm-hmm. have the right to vote. Members of the Grand High Zeta, former members of the Grand High Zeta, which is what we call the Board of Counselors, mm-hmm. uh, and Order of Merit members, they all have the right to vote at the General Assembly. But our laws have a provision in there that says basically no matter how many alums show up to this thing, mm-hmm. No more that the alumni vote in the aggregate, all of those put together, can't be more than one-third the number of chapters. So for the math majors out there, (laughs) you understand that that means that 25% of the vote is alums and 75% is the... uh, is undergrad, so it can mm-hmm. never exceed yeah. uh, 25%. Which and, is pretty neat. Know, 
Yeah, it works. Yeah. I mean, it, it works well. It, I tend, I don't, I don't know if this will offend anybody or not. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, I sort of think of it as almost a bicameral legislature sort mm-hmm. of thing where you've got the, the, the undergrads represent the House of Representatives, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the Wild West. You know, mm-hmm. they do all kinds <laughs> of crazy things. And then you've got the alums, and that's the Senate. That's the de- right. that's the sort of deliberative mm-hmm. side of things. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes yeah. the, the alums are the ones out of control. <laughs> uh, it just depends. But uh, but we we try to manage. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, our way through that. But it, yeah, it's a it, it's a busy busy uh, two or three days. I always tell people if you're not completely sleep deprived by the time a general assembly is over, you just haven't taken it seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but it's a, they're good. I always look forward to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So with General Assembly, uh, just in our history alone, I think it's it's very interesting because we were supposed to have a General Assembly last summer. In yes. 2020. Yeah, 2020. We had to defer that over to 2021. And it, I would say in our history, we haven't really done that much. It's usually been very consistent on mm-hmm. every two years outside of war times, right? Like we really haven't missed one. Yeah, there were a couple Well, in the very early, early, early days. There was they they were called annual assemblies and mm. they had them every year and then it they only did that for a few years and then they went into into biennial every every other year, they skipped a couple of uh, general assemblies during World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an additional one thrown in actually in 1971 because mm. the, and if this is when I was an undergrad and if you think back to the late 60s early 70s there were a lot of things going on mm-hmm. I mean yes. a lot of changes in society and on campuses. So they decided they needed to have another one to sort of get caught up. And, right. and if, interestingly, that's when um, the pledges were changed to associate membership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hazing was abolished. Right. Uh, a lot of changes were in the 70, 71, 72 area. But then after that, yeah, it's been every every two years. Yeah. And it was, just, it was unfortunate that we had to defer 2020. It was made necessary, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we're, we'll get back on to... Uh, two-year cycle in 2022. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So I think a, a large part of General Assembly, we've kind of alluded to this, but it's, you know, passing bills, right? Yeah. Um, so why don't you kind of walk us through that process and and what happens with that at General Assembly? Yeah, there's a, I mentioned the Committee on Constitution. Yes. Uh, we meet pretty regularly uh, throughout the year, uh, two years between General Assemblies, and mm-hmm. we kind of look at the laws and and ask questions, you know, what's working, what's, right. what's not, what do our, what do our chapters and our members stumble on, mm-hmm. uh, that we can fix. And so y- y- most of the legislation comes, um, either from the committee on constitution or the student advisory committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they often have some suggestions, uh, or even the office of administration. And, yeah. you know, sometimes they know what's working and, and, and what's not. Um, but the, the, but that's not exclusive. Any member uh, or any chapter out there, if they think they want to um, file a bill, mm-hmm. file legislation, they can do so. Um, the only limitation is that you've got 120 days before the General Assembly starts. That's the deadline. Don't, okay. don't file it at the last minute. <laughs> right. It, it, it's not going to be considered. Um, and anytime somebody's got a question about that they, a bill that they want to propose, you know, I tell them, just call me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you draft it. I'll give you advice on and maybe some maybe I'll try to talk you out of it if, if it's <laughs> if it's been tried a hundred times before and it's yeah. failed. But um no, I'm I'm there as a resource. So talk yeah. to us about the structure a little bit of, as far as our laws are concerned, because we have different levels of 
of what is the supreme ruling mm-hmm. law of Lambda Chi. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what that structure looks like, because I know the yeah. General Assembly is in there. Yeah, the General Assembly is the one that passes the laws. The laws themselves, well, it starts with the initiation ritual. That's mm-hmm. the that's the, the supreme law. Well, actually, specifically the oaths that we take in mm-hmm. the initiation ritual. That's the contract. I mean, that that's what binds us to each other and to the fraternity. Uh, then there's the Constitution and the Statutory Code. It's published all together in one book, but it's actually two separate documents. It's mm-hmm. uh, One of them is it takes a three-fourths vote to amend, and the Statutory Code it just takes a simple majority. Um, and then there's the law, the orders of the Grand High Zeta that they enter in between general assemblies. That's law of the fraternity. Mandatory policy resolutions are, are law of the fraternity. So there's there's a lot of laws, but I, I generally tend to think of the, that book, you know, the Constitution and Statutory Code. That's that's the, right. That's the real sort of operations guide mm-hmm. gotcha. uh, that we that we pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, who who is coming to General Assembly? Yeah. Um, I think that that, you know, that gets confusing sometimes because it is, you know, we have said we have General Assembly taking place at the same time. Um, so are alumni going to General Assembly? I know you said yeah. we had talked about the delegates mm-hmm. from each chapter, mm-hmm. um, but who is General Assembly for? Uh, well, it's uh, the alums are coming. In fact, because this one is going to be so convenient, mm-hmm. uh, it, vir- virtual, we've had a ton of, um, of alums uh, register for this General Assembly, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. This is part of the target audience. These are the people that we want to make sure understand what's going on right. with, with their uh, fraternity. And then, as I said, there's the um, official delegate uh, from each of the uh, chapters, and and they'll be there. Distinguish between the General Assembly and STED, the mm-hmm. leadership seminar. Leadership seminars are educational in nature. We don't right. do le- – there's no legislation. There's no elections of Grand Isaiah at STED. That's a, that's a pure educational thing, and anybody can come to that. Mm-hmm. The chapters – there are chapters who send three, four, five people uh, right. to STED. At a general assembly, it's much more focused. It's just the the official delegates and then those alums who are who have the right to vote. Gotcha, gotcha. So, in your opinion, you know, maybe for someone who this is their first general assembly mm-hmm. coming up, what advice would you give them? Um, or, you know, what what would you tell them going into this so it's not you know so scary? I guess that's so scary. <laughs> uh, well, if, if, first of all, I guess some practical advice. Um, study the, the materials up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some legislation, not, not a lot, probably 10 or 11 bills, something like that. But you should study them so that you understand sure. what you're going to be. Don't try to read them the night before. Right? <laughs> I know you're an undergrad. But, Don't cram. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the way you live. But, yes. But uh, yeah, study, study it all up front. Um, the other piece of advice I'd give them is um, just enjoy the experience. Uh, yeah. If possible, I know we're doing this virtually, but I would I would hope that some of our chapters, that the delegates from neighboring chapters will get together and mm-hmm. actually do this together. Because one of the great experiences at a General Assembly is the interpersonal relationships that develop right. uh, among among people. And if they, if they can do a little bit of that on a regional basis, that would be that would be good. But otherwise. Just, you know, pay attention, enjoy yourself and and watch the process, because this is the way your chapters should be run. Mm-hmm. You know, the, running a, a general assembly of 250 voting delegates is is that's going to be a mess if you don't have some kind of yes. rules. And 
some of our larger chapters, I think, can learn from what we the way we do it at a general assembly. We've been doing it for over a hundred years, yeah. and the system works. So, take some of this home with you and 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 use it at the chapter level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to talk about the legislative process, but before we do that, you mentioned something very interesting: is that chapters should use this process very similarly at the chapter level, right? Um, I think one of the things that is not understood completely is that the chapter has a body that is set up very similarly to the General Assembly as a whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the chapters, you know, I, it's funny when you read our laws, you, we talk about the high zeta at a chapter, but the, the high zeta really isn't a body that exists. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't meet you, the, the high zeta. It's the executive committee of the right. chapter that is their real board of directors. They have the authority to, you know, discipline and, and, and various things like that. And then you've got the body as a whole, which is the chapter. And there are certain things that require full chapter votes and certain things that the executive committee um, can do. So in that respect, it's a lot like the Grand High Zeta and the General Assembly right. um, in, in the way that they operate and the way they pass laws. Yeah. yeah. So for, for the, the new member coming to General Assembly, how does this legislative process work? Um, normally or, or in, in, in a pandemic environment, what, like, what are the steps? How are bills reviewed and, and do people, are they able to make changes to them? Yeah. I, you know, much as I would like to stand up on top of the mountain and mandate, <laughs> uh, that this is the way our laws are going to read. General assemblies don't always work that way. It yes. does not. <laughs> I, I'm amazed how many different opinions people can have. Um, but it's, that is part of the process. The bill is, is turned over to a legislative committee that's made up of delegates, uh, undergrads and alums, mm -hmm. and they consider the bill and they make changes and recommendations. Sometimes they simply vote no and say, we do not like this bill. And other times they'll propose a substitute bill. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll amend the existing bill. And then after they've done their thing, then when the General Assembly convenes all together, you know, in what the plenary session, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, um, they, the committee re presents that bill to the floor. And then they have the right to amend, substitute, accept, reject, sure. refer it to the next General Assembly if they want to. Um, and anybody who wants to stand up and speak can stand up and speak. Uh, we do have some rules. You can only speak once until, but until everybody else has had a chance to, to speak. Otherwise, the thing turns into a brawl. Oh, and, yeah. And you, and you can't have that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then, then there's full debate on the floor. Everybody gets heard, and then you vote. Yeah. And sometimes they vote yes and sometimes they vote no. And when they do, you sort of, you know, salute smartly and march forward and say, this is what our law is now. And it, and it works. This yeah, is, absolutely. Works. So talking about how these bills end up <laughs> on the floor and could go any which way, is there ever, has there ever been an interesting bill where it was supposed to be this bill and it completely changed to something different or someone proposed something that was just like, wow, I've never expected that. Wow, you caught me on that one. It, it, <laughs> I, I guess I could tell you war stories about about general assemblies. Now, there have been bills that have been proposed where you just shake your head and wonder, what is that all about? <laughs> um, there was, there was, we have struggled a little bit recently um, because there were some proposals on uh, alcohol-free housing, mm -hmm. um, and the assembly wasn't all that sanguine about that. They thought, no, maybe that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a few uh, 
like there have been proposed changes to our initiation ritual that uh, where the floor has simply said, uh, yeah, probably, maybe not. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, some of that. It's a, there's always something. Mm-hmm. There's yes. always at least one bill that when you leave the General Assembly, everybody's still laughing about. Yeah. It's always interesting. Yeah, Jared and I uh, has served. We've we've served as clerks for the General Assembly, and so what that entails is uh, <laughs> whether it comes to digital voting or we actually are redlining and changing the bills as the changes are being made on the floor. Yes, um, and so us trying to keep up is is always something, and there's always someone to call us out that it's wrong. Or <laughs> oh, yeah, I think one of my one of my favorite pictures, of both of you, is from what, the 2018 General Assembly yeah. in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And you both just look so panicked. <laughs> I I come across that picture every now and again. And it's just Jaron and Mike just being like, oh my gosh, we have to keep up with this. Well, imagine, you know, being this person redlining. Your your screen is shared with in a room of 300 people. Yes. Right. And you've got five people like trying to confirm with you what change was made. Because there is sometimes confusion of like what's being right. said and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then you've got 300 people watching you trying to figure this out in real time. <laughs> and it just like, it, it was the most ex- ex- stressful. It is. Like yes. five minutes just trying to redline this document. And uh, I loved it. But at the same time, it's a memory I won't and, ever and forget. Then, and then you've got the members of the Committee on Constitution or the Grand High yeah. Pie who will say not in line five. In line five, that should be a semicolon instead of a yes. oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or that's supposed to be an and, not an or. Right, right. So, so Jaron, would you do it again? Well, he has to because he's doing it at this General <laughs> yeah. Assembly. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you get to Jared and I get to serve as clerks once again. So we will reprising the old role. We we will be. It (laughs) is always a challenge. Trust me, that's not a volunteer role. No, you you will be the clerk. Yes, Yes. you are. You are voluntold. I've already been told. Yes, that I will be serving as a clerk. And so, Jared, if this is the first time you're hearing it, you will be serving as a clerk. So congrats. Congratulations. congratulations. Wow. We all learned something. Looking forward to it. Yeah. There is um there was one bill. <laughs> I guess it was a 2018 potentially. It was where um so we, we have a bill that says no firearms or anything in the right. house, no incendiary devices, explosives, blah, 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 blah. Right. And and so it, it has all of that included. There was a, a bill that somehow turned into us allowing people with gun permits to then have weapons in the house, because I think there was a high pie that might have been a police officer or something like that. And then right. the bill just shifted completely. We were, I was sitting up there like, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't pass. <laughs> yeah, that was a little, that was a little terrifying. Yeah. And, and, and then there was a bill when we were debating the bill on alcohol free housing, there was one chapter member who stood up and he said, I don't like this because the alcohol limitation doesn't take into account me. <laughs> and our chapter likes to drink mead. Oh. And of course, my first question was, have you ever really tasted this stuff? Right. I mean, it's awful. It's not great <laughs> at all. It's terrible. It, it wouldn't be a first choice, I don't think, for a lot of people. No, no. But uh, he was interesting. He, it was uh, meat is apparently I taken it is word for this is okay. a higher alcohol content. So he wanted to, to oh. adjust the alcohol mm-hmm. content limit, which was fortunately it didn't make much headway. Yeah. So, so there's always something interesting happening. It's a time at a general assembly. It is so. a time. <laughs> you, ne- you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. I was saying, and for those who don't know, um, it, it's kind of like a duck floating on the water, really, where everything seems very smooth and calm <laughs> at the upper layer. But if you happen to just take a peek behind the curtain, we're all scrambling. We're we're running around. We're trying to get things in order. And, yes. and there's a there's 
100 plus people, 300 people in that room where you're trying to make sure that everything is running smoothly. And, and so the the task is is a great one, but it's so rewarding at the end of the day when everyone had a great experience and they're leaving and they're just so excited and pumped about being a member. And, and, and so it's a really cool experience. I recommend it for anyone. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I didn't mention that I talked about the chapter level volunteers, but you're absolutely right. I'm one of the guys who sits in front of the curtain. So I just expect everything to run kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of smoothly. <laughs> and I know that there are, there are people backstage just running like crazy yes. and getting a whole lot less sleep than I do uh, <laughs> at general assembly. So yeah, there's the team from the office of administration does great work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, do we want to get into maybe some biggest takeaways um, or just, you know, the overall thoughts that our listeners can take away from from this conversation? Does that sound good? That sounds great. All right. So, Mike, why don't we start with you? Um, some of the advice I would give individuals with I've been at four or five general assemblies yeah. now. One of the, the biggest things that I would tell you is, number one, once the debate and the legislation's done, leave all the emotions and feelings in the room. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we're all brothers. And, and so just remember that, yeah, you may not agree with somebody on, on an opinion or a point or a bill, but at the end of the day, that's still their opinion and, and, and you can't change that. Um, but they're still your brother. And so leave right. everything in that room that you've debated and argued about and, and just understand that this time is also about fellowship and friendship mm -hmm. and, and being around each other. Yeah. Um, I've met so many great people from across the country and across North America where there's some Canadian brothers that I'm still really good friends with. And I talk to because I never, never knew them, but I met them at a general assembly. Once. Right. And so right. it's just a, a really cool experience. So just make sure you're taking the full experience and um, engage yourself as much as possible. If you, yep. if you have to debate something or you don't agree with something, Stand up and voice that. This is your time. Yep. You run this organization. So when the laws and you don't agree with one of them, stand up and and, and be heard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, sure. I, I agree completely with that. That's, yeah. That one of the main rules of board, the boardroom is you fight like a dysfunctional family <laughs> inside the mm -hmm. boardroom. But when the, after the body votes, you march out arm in arm and you support yes. the decision of the body. Yep. Yes, absolutely. True. Absolutely. Jaron, I'm coming to you. Um, I just say, take it seriously, but also don't take it for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be a lot different for ever, for literally everyone involved this year because it's, it's, you know, online, it's remote, right? But don't use that as an excuse to not be attentive, right? Like you are actually changing potentially the laws of Lambda Chi Alpha. These laws could last forever. Eventually I think the world changes and laws have to change, but like yeah. the law that you vote to either approve or, or reject could fundamentally change the future of Lambda Chi. Um, and if you don't take it seriously, like you're doing a disservice to yourself, but also the future brothers to come. And to your chapter. Yeah, yeah. right. Again, you are representative of your chapter. So if you do something that's that's kind of, you know, not great, it will be, it's a, it's a reflection on not only yourself, but your entire chapter. Yeah. Um, and, and like Lynn said, like we tend to keep those things in that room, but again, it might not be the best look for you or your chapter. So just keep those things in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Lynn, how about you? Some some closing thoughts. Yeah, I about the General Assembly uh, itself, I, th I think I'd go back to what I just said and that, that Mike mentioned, that don't be afraid to debate. Yeah. And, and fortunately, our members are never afraid to debate. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> There's no shortage of that. There is no shortage of people who are aggressive and, and would like to be heard. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it, we're, this is a fraternity. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all brothers. Um, you are going to be changing the laws. They might not last, not last forever, but they'll last for at least two years. Yeah. Yes, another, <laughs> exactly. Not another General Assembly for a while. So take your responsibilities seriously, but also use it as an opportunity to, to get to know other people, yeah. uh, to appreciate the size of the fraternity, um, to get to know members of the, of the general fraternity, the Grand mm-hmm. High Zeta, the Order of Merit. These people will be there. And, and um, this is a great opportunity for you to interact with some of the just amazing leaders absolutely. Uh, that, that this fraternity has. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor, what about you? Um, I would just, you know, echo everything that's been said. Um, you know, it's like Jaron said, it, it is going to be different this year, right? We've, we've never really done a virtual general assembly. So that's going to be a new experience for all of us. So I think that we're all going to be, you know, learning together mm-hmm. and figuring that out. Um, but I loved what Lynn said earlier about, you know, neighboring chapters get together, yeah. you know, and, and try to do this experience and share this experience together. Because I think that, you know, I've only been to one General Assembly, mm-hmm. but that just really struck me um, at the 2018 in Jacksonville of just, you know, it's so much bigger than just your chapter. Um, so find those ways, even though it is virtual, find those ways to connect with, you know, other members, um, other brothers. And, you know, I, I would definitely echo what Jaron said to take it seriously yeah. because, you know, like we've said, this this could change the face of Lambda Chi Alpha. There's still laws in there from 1912. So right, right. You never that know. That's true. You never know. So, so yeah. So take it seriously, um, but also, you know, keep an open mind um, and and meet as many people as you can. Yeah. So, Lynn, it has been an absolute pleasure to have yes, you on the podcast absolutely. today. I want to thank you so much. No, this has been fun. I mean, it, it's a shame we took us. We've been talking about this for a while. For and, yeah, such a long time. I'm, I'm glad we can. And if you want me to come back and talk about the union with Theta Kappa Nu from 1939. Yeah, can, we would I, love that. Absolutely. I mean, yes. I, <laughs> honestly, it's one of the most fascinating piece of history for, for yes. me as in Lambda Chi is because it's such a cool merger. So we yes. will, Lynn will be back. We will be Stay doing, tuned. we will be doing more. Um, he's our, our resident history expert. Yes. So um, we will have him back on. So on uh, behalf of myself, Jaron, Lynn and Taylor and everyone else at the office of administration, thanks for listening.